0: Imagine you go to the gym, you're excited to get a great aerobic workout. Whether it's long distance or perhaps interval training, you see a bike, you say to yourself, the body isn't meant to bend over and ride a bike. So you head to the stair climber and it looks okay, but you know that the body is designed to climb and crawl. Frustrated by the total lack of innovation in the gym, you say to yourself, There has to be a better way. What if I could reimagine what it means to be a climber and how to get a powerful workout without working on a 1980s machine, without having to travel to Pike's Peak? What if that mountain was in your gym, or even better, in the convenience of your home? So you say to yourself once again, your world is fast and efficient. Why isn't my workout Welcome to A Climb to the Top, Stories of Transformation on Talk Radio 77 WABC. Abram is a serial entrepreneur. Prior to the invention of this wonderful machine called the Climber, he actually started in response to the demand of trying to find decent snacks for his dog, he and his wife started a company called Best Bully Sticks, which was the name of the product he fed to his dog. He then bought and closed a triathlon event company, given his love for triathlons, moved moved to Denver, opened up a gym called Rise Nation. And all of a sudden, is this where the aha moment occurred, Avram, where I think I can do something else with what I've learned about being an entrepreneur and how I can find a decent workout in the gym.
1: That's exactly what it was. It was just kind of very organic and and happened uh, in a natural way from, you know, as you say, moving to to Colorado, trying to identify, you know, what my next journey would be um, and launching some of the Rise Nation gyms here in Colorado and, and kind of organically realized, wow, there's a tremendous need here for innovation and there's a huge opportunity to really share this with the world in a much broader way. Did
0: you have that entrepreneurial mindset or did it develop along the way?
1: I'm a first generation American, uh, the son of uh, two immigrants who instilled a very hard work ethic. Lauren, who's my wife and I, had a, had a dog uh, prior to having kids, as most of us, you know, look at a pet as a trial run um, and realize there, you know, kind of again, that aha moment that, hey, there's a there's a really big need in the market for something that we didn't feel like was present, at least manifested in the form that we envisioned it. You know, kind of started by doing this at home and in off hours uh, with a pet company and um, just had this intense, you know, what I would refer to as authentic passion to kind of share um, this vision and mission with the world and, and, uh, you know, not being From a family of entrepreneurs and not having kind of a peer group it was a lot of trial and error in addition to the successes
0: walk us through the challenges you faced on your climb to the top of that pet food company
1: yeah wow um i mean starting with the formation of the company i'd never started a business um i wasn't very well capitalized i didn't know how to build a website i wasn't familiar with all the techniques in terms of bringing consumers into the website, be it we had just a tremendous amount of challenge in learning, right? Um, and making mistakes along the way. Um, you know, and, and it's, it's, it, it was really everything, um, you know, because we didn't have a playbook. Uh, and it was um, a big leap of faith to kind of, uh, you know, take what we had been able to save um, over our lifetime to that point, and, um, and really make a run of it. Uh, but, you know, the challenges were immense from the amount of work required, um, you know, because it's, it's easy to talk about things, it's easy to create ideas, and then to, to execute them, I think, is the really tricky part, and where um, a lot of mistakes can happen, and we made many of them.
0: What is cool about this story, though, you did it in the hype, of a time when everyone told us we were heading into the Great Depression. I would imagine what your peers, your family, your friends, they all said, what are you, nuts or not?
1: <laughs> Absolutely. <laughs> uh, even those closest to me, uh, wife included. Uh, <laughs> my biggest critics were my parents and they hey. Said, hey, you finally made it. You've got a business degree. You're at a great company. You're making a wonderful salary you've got benefits. What are you thinking? And uh,
0: more like, what's the matter with you?
1: Yeah, exactly. <laughs> like, hey, do You need to, you know, is everything okay? You know, mentally. Um, <laughs> right. and, Where's the screw? It's loose. I yeah. gotta fix it. Yeah. And they're like dog treats. So <laughs> it was, uh, you know, it was interesting. It was, you know, you, you have this uh, as an entrepreneur, at least for me, you have this tendency to really kind of you know, view your idea with the most positive light. So processing criticism from other people is is very impactful, at least for me early on, and, and really did make me second guess myself a little bit because people are like, wow, at this time. But, you know, we knew, we just, you know, it's hard to explain uh, in a life when you just kind of know that what you're doing is better than and of service to other people and their pets, which they treat like their family members. And, um, and I just believe that there was a lot of uh, people and there were out there in the US like us that, you know, we're saying, Hey, maybe I'm not going to go out to fancy dinners as much anymore, but I'm going to spend more time at home and I'm going to be, um, you know, spending time with my dog and getting joy that way and, and focused on kind of, Creating a more uh, natural animal nutrition, if you will, for treating um, their pets was was uh, was also important to to our customers, um, who eventually became our biggest source of advocacy and led, in my opinion, in part to mo- you know the majority of our early successes. But what we had were. You know, impassioned consumers that that really believed in this kind of organic, authentic mission, and um, and they shared that with people. Um, and,
0: what did you learn about people and having to work with them in the service of your enterprise?
1: That's a, wow. That's a very good question. I think uh, what I learned early on was that. nothing in this life that's of great value from what I've seen thus far in my short time here is easy or accomplished alone Um, and you know at the beginning of the journey um, I had this tendency to believe wow you know this is mine and let me control it and I can do each part of this business um, the best and it wasn't until I realized that, wow, there's other people that are just really good at other areas of the business, be it finance or online marketing or whatever. Um, and I refer that, you know, refer to that fondly as kind of a piece of the entrepreneurial journey is letting go, right? And understanding that in order to achieve, you know, higher levels of success, it's all about the people. And the people that are typically attracted to businesses like that and businesses like Climber were people that also were very interested in the mission and the vision of the business. And it created this incredibly passionate team of uh, people that that I felt were unstoppable and we were able to achieve just tremendous success um, because it wasn't about time right Um, it wasn't about hey my job is this or my job is that it was about this shared mission and vision to create something very special um, that we could all have a unique part in and so um, you know to to your question i think it's um, you know the learning is you know just having the ability to understand that you can be successful to a certain degree with just an idea or just something that, you know, you believe in, but when it, when it impassions people, right? And when it's truly authentic, you tend to attract, or at least I believe you attract um, this incredible amount of energy. Um, and it's, it's, uh, it's a competitive force
0: what did you know about the invention of a climbing machine, and why did you decide to do it?
1: Again, I think what's fascinating, it's a very analogous, albeit highly different, industry and different uh, uh, concept altogether, but it was born from an authentic need to create something different to an existing you know, structure or paradigm, if you will, of what what people are supposed to feed their animals or people are supposed to use as tools to work out on and i just i really do look through the lens of authenticity and saying whatever i do whether it's a restaurant or a triathlon company or a pet treat company or financial services or whatever it's got to have that authenticity um to it and after exploring every type of fitness equipment, be it a treadmill, a bicycle, a rower. Um, And those are probably the top three when we think about the world of fitness today. I just felt like biomechanically, right? That the human body was not made to move in many of those ways. And certainly not as efficient as it could be um, and as efficacious as 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 it is. And so I was fortunate enough to partner with a wonderful company called Rise Nation and launch some of these uh, uh, climbing studios in the state of Colorado, and we have three open today. And the tool that we were using to create our revenue and create this experience just didn't seem like it was very approachable. It didn't seem as technologically advanced as it could be, it didn't give the information that we were looking for Uh, it didn't have the right form factor. And so, you know, never set out to create a new climber. Right. And and I think, you know, that's an important point Um, in an entrepreneur's journey, um, it came from a real authentic need um, to say, wow, not only do I believe climbing is kind of the most primal movement that a man or woman can make, you know, because every every doctor that I've ever talked to says, hey, keep your kids crawling as long as you can, because not only is it the most efficient movement that we have as humans, um, but it's also the most primal and, and neurologically beneficial. Um, through, you know, organically that the tool that we were using to create uh, the experience just, didn't feel quite right, right? I loved the modality of climbing. I love the natural primal movement of it. Um, I love the neurological benefit of it, the safety aspect of it. What I didn't love was what the offering was to, to share that with the world. And so that was the uh, genesis of saying, here's a real business need um, in an existing business and a significant opportunity frankly, to share this beautiful modality with the world in a much more modern, uh, intentional way.
0: You're listening to A Climb to the Top, Stories of Transformation on Talk Radio 77 WABC. I'm Chuck Garcia. My guest this evening is Avram El-Makis. This was 2017, so our listeners know the sequence.
1: Yeah, so, uh, you know, first became familiar with Rise Nation in 2018 um, and started the process of building out the gyms and launching them in 2019 and 2020 uh, and then started the journey with Climber in December of 2018. Um, and how did you first, like, the
0: Climber in me, thanks you, for bringing in, because uh, while I spend a lot of time in the gym, I spend no time on climbing machines. I don't find them useful, but I miss, if I'm not on a mountain, the actual act of climbing. So all of us in the climbing community are grateful. You're you're actually, I think the first one at least that we can tell that is coming out with something that replicates, you know, climbing.
1: Sure, (laughs) you know, there's an existing piece of equipment out there, it's just a very old um you know, in my opinion, antiquated uh approachable uh you know machine, and for me, it was you know, wow, not only am I spending a lot of money on this, right, but you know there's gotta be a better way, and there's gotta be a way to share this authentically with with the rest of the world
0: but let's switch the focus then you're here at this point. hmm, I'm gonna build something, I think there's a need for this. To our listeners who were all thinking about the foundation and formation of their own company, bring in the elements of the origin, who you brought in, and how you grew this to where it is today, and then we can determine where it is and where you want it to go.
1: Sure, sure. Um, So it starts with the vision, right? It starts with identifying a need and being able to say, you know, I not only would this be of great utility to me, but I think it would be of great utility to many others, right? Whether they're using it as a business tool to further create revenue for their for their businesses, or whether they're chasing efficiency or safety for the human body, right? So um, that vision kind of came in, er- you know, in in early December of 2018, and. Um, Uh, Again, it was interesting because, like I said, it was never meant to to be this vision. Um, And I just thought, wow, what's the first step? Let me take some of the things in my mind's eye and hire a design engineer to kind of take that vision of what something could be and what it could look like and put it in you know, on art boards, if you will, so that we could evaluate, wow, you know, what could it be? Um, so that was the genesis. And then from there, it's moving into the prototyping phase and saying, okay, would this work? Can this fit in a house? Will this design hold up to the pressures? Um, is it beautiful? Is it something that people would be proud to have in their business or their home? Um, and so that process, um, you know, was was very intense, and and again was mainly me alone. There were no employees at this point, point. Um, and this design engineer, who's my co-founder on the project, who at the time I hired as a contractor, um, you know, and we're visioning everything, and we're thinking about material, and we're thinking about designs, and we're thinking about what it could look like, and then our first, what I would call all form in the in the physical world was made out of foam you know so we we carved foam to to kind of put it put a three-dimensional product together and say what do we think will this work
0: what were you thinking ahead given the entrepreneurial successes and challenges about yeah this is good and i got a design engineer but looking ahead
1: now I gotta figure it out. <laughs> <laughs> and I gotta sell it. <laughs> yeah, now I, gotta I gotta build it. I gotta sell it. I gotta raise money. <laughs> I got so much to do. <laughs> I on team, you know, but uh, that moment came when we built the first prototype in the metal. And it was never, you know, meant to be uh, you know, the right machine. I think all of us would agree the first generation of anything. Um, is always a little wonky and and not right or whatever. But I was so impressed with that first design and the first prototype in the metal that I just knew, hey, this was flash forward to the summer of 2019. Let me form a business here. Let Let me start building a team of people. You know, obviously no revenue, just one in the metal prototype Um, all my own money, all my own risk um, prior to. And, uh, you know, it was fascinating. I started having other people, you know, that are not my friends and family get on this prototype and validate that there's a really big need for this. And not only is the, the movement just primal and efficient and amazing, but it's a really cool looking piece of equipment. It's something that you'd want to have in your home, right? Um, and if anybody out there is like me, I, I have a home gym and everything's kind of tucked away and I've got this big treadmill and it's, you know, kind of, you know, big and bulky. And <laughs> it's not something that I would have in my uh, living room or my bedroom. It's not something I would want to show off uh, to other people. and and so uh, that was kind of the genesis of it and started bringing in you know outside investor capital, um, started hiring people. Um, and uh, you know that really became the beginning, I would say summer of 19 of the real climber corporation. And from there it's been everything you could imagine from, uh, raising capital, to building a website, to uh, building the brand, you know, and and kind of the essence, if you will, of a company, the soul, um, and then um, onboarding different employees, and and then further validating it by chatting with people that would theoretically use it as a tool, and giving us further confidence that whoa, we are onto something pretty big
0: what did you learn about yourself was it any different this time around and it was 12 years ago
1: I mean it it's markedly different uh, and I would say the biggest differences are um, you know understanding yourself as an entrepreneur and realizing okay I'm really good at this this and this but I'm not good at these things and therefore let me very early surround myself with extremely talented, passionate people that are very good at the things that I'm not great at, right? Right. And so that's something that you learn over time. Um, And that's what I call just kind of letting go and saying, okay, I'm not the smartest at every possible thing out there. Uh, let Let me partner with experts and let me Bring in this kind of impassioned group of people. Um, that coupled with, um, you know, the first time around, it was my life savings and a line of credit on my American Express card. Mm-hmm. And because people were like, whoa, this guy might be on to something. Uh, we want to kind of go along for the ride with him. Right. And so um, access to capital was a big difference, right? And then, um, you know, just, uh, really understanding business scale at a different level. Um, it's different when you start from zero and grow to ten million for your first time, or twenty million dollars, or thirty million, or even five hundred thousand dollars, for that matter, in a company. Um, and but but being able to understand, you know, what the end is at the beginning is of immense value. And and again, something that you must experience. It's not really taught. Did you think about those changes
0: in behaviors and you could build a great machine, but now you're asking to provoke change in the way they think about it. How did you approach that personal decision aspect of everyone in that gym?
1: You know i just it and it's very analogous back to the pet company i just believe it's better it's better for the body it's more efficient for the time right and it's authentic and it's truth and and one of the things i always say is you know you you have to kind of live in the light if you will and you have to um be honest with yourself right and say okay is this really better than than a treadmill? Does it take up less space? Is it safer for the body? And can I convey those uh, precepts, you know, those those individual pieces of what makes climber so special to people in a very primal way, right? And that's kind of what we did with the pet company. It was saying, look, out in the marketplace today, your options are fairly limited. They're, shoes that are made in a machine by by a company in a factory that have you know 25 different ingredients right it doesn't make sense if i could change and offer the same utility for my family member with one ingredient right and so to me when i think about this business of fitness equipment and gyms and 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 then back to The people that utilize this equipment for everything from rehab to weight loss to um, stress relief or whatever it be, you know, the existing offering is
0: wrong. In the time that we have, let me just say to our listening audience, you're listening to A Climb to the Top, Stories of Transformation on Talk Radio 77 WABC. My guest is Avrin L. McKees. We are going to close on the radio show in just a minute or so. And for those that want the full uncut edition, you can switch to my YouTube channel right now. You can also archive us on ChuckGarcia.com on the Talk Radio 77 WABC tab. Avram, I would like to finish at least in this particular portion is you talked about in an interview with the Virginia Council in 2016, you made a very important point to other entrepreneurs about checking your horizon and honoring your original intent. What did you mean by that? And let's leave that as the call to action for this portion of the radio show for the budding entrepreneurs. What does that mean and how important is it that you do this as a matter
1: of discipline? You know, I think uh, in practice, the more emotionless you can be around a business, at, at least in terms of your own ego, the more success you could potentially have. And so it's consistently being able to go back to the intention of why am I doing this? What do I hope to achieve and what change can I manifest in the world of service to other people, right? It can't be for money. It can't be for name or fame, you know, and being able to, you know, do that, um, emotionally you know and and checking that at various points in the business and making sure that you're true to that i think is is an invaluable uh lesson that i've learned and something that you know we take very seriously at climber in terms of um what we hope to do as as we change the world of fitness
0: Indeed. Well, Avram, thank you very much for your time. I really appreciate you coming on to Talk Radio 77 WABC. To our listeners, I hope and I trust that you got a lot out of this. Avram, where can they find you?
1: Yeah, so um, we have a wealth of information on climber.com, no vowels, so C-L-M-B-R.com. And that's just a, you know, you can see our social media and everything there, but it's just a tremendous amount of information about who we are as a business and what this machine is uh, and, and how to use it.
0: And when can they expect to see Climber in the gyms or even for purchase to bring into their homes?
1: So we're accepting pre-orders now uh, with a completely refundable deposit. Uh, So there's really no risk, Uh, but we intend to start shipping our first units in uh, November, December of this year in 2020 um, and really have our, you know, big full year of production and sales in uh, 2021. So we hope that you'll uh, take advantage.
0: Well, we wish you and your organization the very best. Thank you very much for coming on to this show. It was a pleasure.
1: My pleasure, Chuck. Thank you.
0: Let's talk about many of my engineering students are budding entrepreneurs. So to them, this is cool. There's an invention, something they can get their hands on. But they don't know about scale, about communicating, about collaborating. I'd like to spend a little bit of time on the soft skills. So we have an idea for a machine. Mm-hmm. You, how many people in your organization?
1: Today, we have um, seven full-time staff and okay. then a lot of adjunct companies that help with everything from intellectual property to brand work to PR.
0: Okay, let's talk about your culture then. If somebody comes into Avram's venture, forget the machine. What can they expect?
1: Fun, good, uh, high energy, um, passion, um, and uh, a lot of talent. You know that that is uh, not constrained. Right. There's no manual. I don't hand anyone, whether they be in finance or web, a nineteen page booklet on here's what you do every day. Right. So it's here's what not to do in the compliance manual. Be sure to sign it by noon on your first day. That's what you do in the financial industry. (laughs) Yes, yes. So that's not interesting to me, right? And I think it's not interesting to a lot of people. They want to be free to you know, perform their roles, but also offer significant value as part of a team environment and feel like they're not only appreciated for what their particular hire was for, but that their opinions are valuable across the board. Right. And I, think so many times in the businesses that I walk into, uh, whether they be large or small, you've got such siloed definitions of, this is the finance team, this is the marketing team, this is the tech team, right? And I think um, you know, that there's value in having specificity um, in role, but I think there's just a tremendous amount of culture and fun built in these dynamic teams where the financial person gets asked, well, do you like this logo or not? You know, I think whether, you know, you're making a true consensus-based decision based on that feedback or not, the value of really being authentic and caring what their opinion is, is, is something that you can smell in the air here and smell in the air of young, dynamic businesses that are setting out to change the world.
0: And did you feel in the pet food company, you must have brought a similar sentiment? It's
1: still you, but you're 12 years smarter. Yeah. So, like, the, the values didn't change. The values didn't change. You know, it was taking care of people. It was being authentic to the promise of the product right. and the service to the dog, you know, who's a family member and their, and their parent. Um, same thing here, we're stewards of, um, you know, providing something to people that provides just this primal, it's everything from stress relief to rehab to calorie loss to, it's just, it's something that people become impassioned by, right? And, and I think that it's, it's, it's very analogous in that way. Um, But I had a lot of growing and learning to do as an entrepreneur um, the first time around. And, and And I subscribe to the belief that we never stop learning. And I'm consistently saying to myself in interaction with team members that, wow, did I handle that the right way or the wrong way? And I think we all grow over time. And it's just being open to, you know, you you don't, you don't know everything and you're not the, the end-all be-all. Uh, you know, communication is, is key and, and the way you deliver that to people is key. But I think that those are skills that you own over time. It's not, it's not read in a manual how we deal with a major setback, right? And, and the way we deal with adversity and the way we deal with success Um, and how we are measured through that I think is is um, is is critically important um, when you're building a team.
0: Well notice even your undergraduate days your graduate school seemed for me everything you're describing did not appear in a transcript it was not in a GPA it was barely part of our curriculums we were told to focus on a very hard skill do well. And if everything is okay, you're living the dream your parents had for you. You have this job in corporate America. But what you've done takes courage. It takes collaboration. It takes creativity. There, there, there are so many things that are blended in that many people think about, but often don't have the courage to face and to try. What may, how did you have the courage to summon all of this in spite of the fact that you were making it up as you went along?
1: You, you know, part of it is confidence. Part of it is belief. Part mm-hmm. of it, I think, is is how you're nurtured, um, how you're raised, you know? Good point. Uh, are you given you know, liberty to kind of explore the world around you. I mean, from a very young age, I was traveling internationally. I was doing exchange programs in other countries. I was consistently exposed, I think, to a lot of different ideas. Um, But boy, is it tricky and it's risky and there's a lot of emotion involved in deciding to jump off that diving board into the deep end of the pool and not knowing if you're going to be able to tread water enough
0: and um, well I, I feel your pain
1: <laughs> you can't can teach it so that what i always say to people when i'm speaking or i'm talking to young entrepreneurs is you know as you move towards your journey of departing something um I always find it's best to start, like I started the first company while I had a job, right? So there was some level of security there, you know, Um, and then there's, you know, there's a little bit more success and there's a little bit more success and you're able to become more confident in your decision. There's also Uh, more to lose. There's a ton to lose, (laughs) Um, you know, especially, I mean, gosh, in 07, 08, we were thinking about having are, are, uh, you know, starting a family, and not having benefits, and, you know, how do you do this, right? But, things going through your head, all the things telling you, don't do it, don't do it, (laughs) and then you did it. (laughs) You know, if you, if you, and I always go back to this, when I was a young man, I was 13, and I started working as a dishwasher in a, uh, in a retirement community across from the neighborhood that I lived. And in my interviews, and and these folks were successful, older people that were kind of, you know, done, right? They were retired, they they were done. But in my experience, there were two defining factors, right? They didn't wish that they had more money. They didn't wish that they had, you know, any type of material situation they always settled on two very important things. And this stuck with me from the time I was 13 to today, to, to my end, but they wish that they helped more people. Yeah. And they wish that they took more risk. And risk can be defined in many different ways. It's starting a business, it's realizing that you're in a job that you don't love and, and you gotta make a move, right? And if you know that answer across a population of successful people that are kind of, you know, moving on, yeah. you, you know, they don't teach you that. And, and, and so it always stuck in my head in terms of would I have this massive regret? And so my life has been spent really looking at the lenses that were given to me early on through my own experience, right? So that's the intellect. It's not intelligence that we learn in um in schools. Um, can, can I manifest that in my life, you know, in real time, right? And so uh you can start small, right? You can take a little risk and say, wow, you know, let me try this. And then you graduate all the way to. I'm gonna quit my job. I'm gonna figure out how to. Have a all day. the way. <laughs> I'm gonna climb that mountain. <laughs> you know, I I'm I'm take out a loan on my credit card. I'm gonna do all these things, but. And you know, there. Didn't <laughs> do it. Right. What? How would that make me feel? And I think it's easier when you're younger. Um, at least I felt it was for me because I didn't have the four children I have today and the responsibilities that I have today. Uh, But I always use that example and always share that with people that um, that was a truth that I felt was, was a learning through my life and realized, let me live it and manifest it as I move forward today.
0: That's fantastic. I love that. At A Climb to the Top, our producing partners, radio, the television show, what we came, whether we stated it or not, we wake up every day in the service of someone else's success. That's what we do. That's the reason we do it. You then have two really cool experiences, well, many experiences. But at first, you woke up every day in 2008 and 9 in the service of someone's pet, which the pets are children. That's how important they are. And here you are, 11, 12 years later, you are waking up every day in the service of somebody's good health. There's no higher calling than that. Because we know in COVID, the nurses, the doctors, God bless them for doing that. Mm -hmm. But as we go on about the day-to-day things, we want to go to the gym, we go to work, we go to our families, that's most of life in in the world. You are blessed to be able to do that. And I am blessed that you have come onto the show to discuss what you do every day in the service of someone else's health. So thank you, Avram. I really appreciate that
1: my absolute pleasure it's uh you know you want to wake up every day loving what you do and i think um you know i think it's an added bonus when you know that you can do it authentically for the benefit of other people
0: indeed well i love that you're speaking to senior citizens that have two regrets the service of others why didn't i take more risks And if there isn't a better example of a call to action in my 32 radio shows that I've done so far, that's about as good as I've heard. Because it's so simple and accessible, yet it's from the heart. It's Mm -hmm. not, you know, I could have been a better mathematician. I could have been a better this. I could have been a better that. Eh, Forget that. It's what did I do in the service of others? And could I have taken a bigger, could I have climbed a bigger mountain? I wish they had.